Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording episode 122, which is another one of our author spotlight episodes. And we have Elizabeth Moore Krauss with us today. So Elizabeth is an indie author based in California. Her first book is a humorous and heartfelt memoir of her travels with her sisters. I really like the sound of this. Um, I've got two sisters as well, so I feel like I'm going to relate quite a bit to what we're going to talk about today. She also has an MA in literature and before retiring taught English at a local community college. Elizabeth's love for people and her connections with family and friends contribute to offer an inspiring perspective through her writing. So nice to have you on the show, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. The little uh, subtitle of my book is Still Talking. That's kind of the uh, punchline, still talking. Because, you know, people hear the book, three weeks, three sisters, uh-huh, three weeks, uh-huh, three countries, still talking. It's like, oh, that's funny. And by the way, we still are. <laughs> Excellent. I do really like the title. Yeah, I thought that was quite, Thank you. quite funny. Thank you. So I'm happy to be here and happy to share uh, about my writing experience and the book and talk about my sisters because neither are here so I can say whatever I want <laughs> <laughs> and you have uh brothers I as well do. right I have older brother older sister me younger brother younger sister so I'm I'm middle middle I have a couple issues so you get you get one of everything <laughs> yeah. one of every I think type too of old for something too young for something so I just did my own thing and caused problems so that works I like that sentiment that's funny well you know I'm one of four my parents decided to do the two girls two boys thing I'm also middle like my older brother older sister me young yeah yeah (laughs) I'm a true believer in birth order in fact I did a study on it during my master's program and birth order is fascinating they found it in all cultures Everywhere, Amazon, forest, everywhere. This birth order really is, you know, stunning. I always say that, you know, as a middle child, you don't get the responsibility of the older child and you don't get the being spoiled of the younger child. So, you know, it's a hard, hard lot. I suffered greatly. (laughs) You can tell by looking at it. I suffered greatly. I'm, you know, carrying a big burden. (laughs) <laughs> exactly won't be us but let's get started so one of the questions that we like to begin with is how did you first get started writing and when did you decide to pursue it more seriously and think about getting your book it's a published? big leap I'm going to tell you Sarah because when I was a little girl I loved to write poetry I loved words and I loved to write poetry and I think I was probably about seven or eight, I had this tiny little journal, and I wrote a book of poems. And my dad's brother and his new wife came to visit. Oh, she was just stunning. And she liked my book. And she goes, can I take your book home and just read it? And I'll get it back to you. And it went in her beautiful handbag. 
and later they divorced and I never saw that book again. Oh no, oh, no. It sure breaks my heart. I'm not sure if I've forgiven her yet, but I'm sure there was some quality poetry in there for, you know, eight <laughs> But oh. I, I've continued to write poetry and then I tried writing fiction and unless my life depended on it, uh, there's no way I can write fiction. So this, I had this trifecta of retirement journey with my sisters and COVID. And after five jigsaw puzzles, I was done. And I just, <laughs> just yep. started typing up my travel journal. I, I write travel journals, but not daily journals. So, but this has got to mm-hmm. be better than doing another damn jigsaw puzzle. So I just started writing and then it just started developing from there and started building on that and sharing with my sisters. So I did not write the journal with the intent of writing a book. It was just a journal, which was very honest. So I was able to build on that instead of my sisters behaving perfectly the whole trip and me writing about that. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of that led me into this. You know, um, COVID did a lot of terrible things to people and also, you know, the two sides to it. And I became an author. How did your sisters find the, I guess, the excerpts that you were sharing with them? Did they find them? amusing or well confronting they, they know they know my personality they know who I am <laughs> uh when we were all growing up uh we were raised Seventh-day Adventists so our Sabbath began Friday sunset to Saturday sunset we had to be in the house no tv no secular music it was very strict religion and so myself and my younger brother did nothing but wreak havoc uh because we were <laughs> bored but this relationship, our place in the family, uh, we all know our personalities. And when I was writing this book, both sisters read the book as I was going along. And I said, if you want one thing, anything out, let me know. I'll take it out. I wasn't going to sacrifice our friendship for the good of a book. So I, they each took one thing out and they, they're fine with everything else. Excellent. It sounds like they're very accepting of it, which is good. And they do well when I threaten them. That works. (laughs) (laughs) No, they are. And they're very proud of me. And I give them royalties once a month, a couple dollars. So that's there. I'll send them a couple dollars. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, I said, try harder. If you want some more money, you need to start selling more books. (laughs) (laughs) It must be nice to have a, like a, it's like your memory recorded down of your trips with them as well. So not only is it a no- well, a memoir, but they also get a copy of, you know, all the adventures and shenanigans that happened on your travels together. Yeah, it's true. And uh, it's interesting. My son, uh, he reads a lot, but he listens to podcasts. You know, he's busy at work reading articles and things. And I said, I just would like you to read my book, please. You're in it, by the way. And he got halfway through, he goes, mm, it's kind of personal, isn't it? I said, well, I didn't want to have flat characters. You could insert any name. And I wanted to tell just enough so that people could understand, you know, who we are and why we were acting the way we were acting. Yeah, he was very pleased and proud. So that, that made me happy. That's really awesome. Sorry, you were going to say something, Ashley? <laughs> oh, no, I was, just, I was going to move on to the next question because you had kind of talked about a little bit of you know, your son in your life. And I guess some of you had just gone into retirement and COVID and everything. So I was just wondering how you juggle your writing, if you're still doing writing as well, um, with, 
you know, your life and any other creative projects that you have lined up? So Ashley, I, after I wrote this book and I thought it's just lightning in a bottle, you know, I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any intention of writing a book. COVID brought this about and my journal and I thought, well, okay, I did that. But um, a lot of people said, Liz, we like how you tell a story. And uh, so I told my husband, I said, I'm, I've got nothing in the tank here. He goes, you're a storyteller. Tell some stories. So I'm starting uh, my second book, and it's going to be short stories. That's where I really, really shine is in the short stories. I'm thinking of calling it Wisdom from a Semi-Wise Woman, just because I've heard <laughs> <laughs> Or short, uh, short stories from the tall girl in the back row. So I'm still sitting in Oh, I like that title. You like that one? Okay, yeah. I've got that one down. <laughs> I was always in the back row, myself and Kitty Lurushi in the back because we were not, we were both 5'10", you know, even in fifth grade. So yeah, short stories from a tall girl in the back row. All right, Sarah, I've got your <laughs> approval. I'm going with that one. <laughs> are they still going to be memoirs or are they fiction or what is the premise of your short stories? You know what, Ashley, they're a combination of both. They're memories, but... Mm-hmm. I'm building upon those and I've got this really weird memory and my older sister has a stunning memory. So I'm able to tap into her and my mother, our mother just passed in March at 92, but she was sharp until the end. So it's weird not being able to call mom and say, Hey, do you remember this? Cause she would remember everything. But I'll be honest with you as a professor, there is a website called ratemyprofessor.com. And yeah. on that, students can write however they feel about a professor. And I'm going along. My reviews are great. My reviews are great. And then there's a terrible review. And at 55 years old, I call my father crying. Daddy, you know, this is <laughs> So what he did for me was very wise, though. He said, you know, get a blank piece of paper, close your eyes, you know, get a pencil, close your eyes and make a mark. So he goes, then open it up. What do you see? I said, I see this little mark. He said, but you're missing all the good, Liz. You're focusing on that. He says, but the truth is, if you believe the good, that changes you just as much as, you know, the positive changes you just as much negative. You need to stop reading those. So I did. And I was just me as a writer. And then recently, I foolishly went on to Amazon. I was buying a book for a friend. And I saw, oh, I got a new review. And I've got a one-star review. And just ripped me and my book to shreds. Oh, no. It just cut me off at my knees. But you know what? It was a reminder. Yeah. What somebody thinks of me is none of my business. You know, it's art, it's subjective. And I started to have what's called imposter syndrome. Who do I think I am? But I feel better. I'm back to writing again. But these are just some of the pitfalls. You put yourself out there, you've got to, you know, take the good with the bad. Yeah, definitely. You know, we've had that as know. well. <laughs> we were like, yeah. okay. Um, but, you know, it was funny because. Well, it was our first bad review, so I'm going to give myself a bit of grace for doing this. But we went and it was on Goodreads. We we looked up the person who gave the bad review on Goodreads, and they'd also given like a I think it was it a Stephen King a Stephen book, King like a one star. So the and ours was a two star. So then it made me feel slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, they're definitely a harsh reviewer. Then. <laughs> That's right. I'm in a book club, and one of the books we read, I just couldn't finish. 
So I went online and go, oh, the reviews. Oh, I'm a famous, just like a famous author. <laughs> but but it's true. And as, as someone said, they've probably never written a book. They have no idea what goes into it. But there's such power in writing this autonomous review and hitting submit. Well, now they're published. But it is. It's You two know. It's it's your baby, but you got to let it go. It's, it's a yeah. real dichotomy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah truly is so onward and upward so I look forward to reading your book I've got it on my TBR list oh that's really nice of you thank you oh absolutely I'd be interested to see what you think of it I will it won't be one star I'm telling you right now <laughs> <laughs> I would never you know I don't I don't understand uh, the point of that I know it just leave it one star you don't have to because she tore into me personally and I'm in this worldwide group called We Love Memoir Authors. And I re reference them in the back of my book. And they say, if you do that, then you're part of this worldwide group and we'll, you know, help promote your book. And I read a couple of memoirs. Well, let me back up. Self-publishing is a double-edged sword. Anybody can publish and anybody can publish. Yeah. <laughs> So I read a couple memoirs that I'm sure families said, this is great. You should print it, you know, write a book. And okay. So I read a couple like that, but I didn't, I mean, I, they wrote a book. They need to be honored for writing a book. Isn't That's it? hard. Mm -hmm. It is hard. There's always something nice you can say in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's maybe one of the differences as well between writing memoirs and writing fiction is that, I guess the critique becomes a lot harder to take as well. So I think, you know, like putting yourself out there mm. in the way that you have is very brave. You know, I hadn't thought about that, Sarah. I think you're, I think you're right. The, the one star basher, if I may, <laughs> said, you know, I don't understand why they use a travel agent. You know, they could avoid it all that. It's like, you've missed the point. <laughs> That's the idea. Yeah. We didn't. We can do it ourselves. We're grown, mature women. We don't need travel agents. That's what made the story. Not many people use travel agents these days, anyways. I didn't think so. Am I off the mark there? Well, yeah, recently yeah. we did actually. Um, I won't say what travel agent because I'm not going to like bash them down. <laughs> but to hire a car when we went to Vancouver, just because it was a lot cheaper, and mm. then our flights were cancelled. We had to, we're still waiting for the refund and this should have been put through ages ago. It was, it's been a nightmare trying to contact this travel agency every single time that we've oh. had something that like, you know, to initially the confirmation didn't come through. And then, so we had to contact them about that. Then, you know, it was hard to contact them to cancel. And then, you know, we didn't hear anything back about it. So then we had to call them again. Oh, yes, it's definitely cancelled. Wait a few more days. Call them back again. Oh, no, but you have to contact the the contact centre, not the car people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm never Sarah, again. <laughs> never yeah. again. Sarah, next time, let the three more sisters plan your trip for you. Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, you don't always have a smooth, painless ride when you no. go with travel agents either. No, that's right. That's absolutely right. So, 
Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your uh, writing process for writing a memoir? Like, because I imagine that's a little bit different like, writing process for writing fiction, for example, would be. You're absolutely right, because between uh, a plotter and a pantster, for my memoir, it's very much a plotter, because I had my book and my journal in front of me. You know, it was this linear trip, even though I went back in, you know, pulled the curtain back a few times on our path. So that made me, it just, the book helped write itself because of the journal. This book, though, I'm very much a pantster. I've, I've got journals. I've got notes on my phone. I've got notes by my bed any memories that pop up. And then once I start writing, but oh, this I remember this, I remember that. So it's two very different writing styles. When I did attempt fiction, before it went into the trash, <laughs> I had paper taped together with characters and how they were going to be. And it's like, I, but I'm very much out of the box person. Even when I was an educator, I always on my toes think of something new to get the feel of the room, change things up. I never followed a lesson plan because I, I was there for the students. They weren't there for me. So it was important that I created something, an environment for them that was, you know, right now, I'm not going to stop a a conversation because, oh, we need to move on. So I'm always thinking I, I have a hard time sleeping. (laughs) So I'm a panster this time. From plotter to panster. <laughs> yeah. Have you found the switch from plotter to panster so far? Has it been a similar experience or do you feel like there's a bit more freedom with the pantsing? Oh, a lot more freedom with the panster because all of these stories are just bubbling out of me and I'm just writing down thoughts as I go, but there's nothing linear like the memoir was because we had, we covered this, you know, three week period of time, but no, this, the short stories reflect me much more. I'm out of the box. I'm always thinking I'm ADHD. I'm moving all the time. So yeah, pansters, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you found your home. <laughs> yes. Are you two, what are you two? Uh, we tend to plot, uh, especially when we're writing together more so than by ourselves. I can see that, yeah. The complexity of creating a book with, two people you kind of have to know what you're doing before you go and write know the end game a little bit yeah amazing I tried that a little bit with a longtime girlfriend and we did fine for the first few pages and then you know we went different ways so I'm really impressed with you too to be able to do that and still friends (laughs) I think our friendship grew as as part of it, actually. Like it was one of the things, I mean, we've been friends for over a decade now since we were 14. That's when we first started writing together. So we're we're very much in tune with each other and in terms of our writing and in terms with even like just thoughts, I think. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of funny. I, I almost sometimes joke with Dan, that my husband, that I know Ashley better than even him in some respects. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that I've been inside her mind That's so many true. times. <laughs> oh, I, I, sisters from a different mister is what they say. <laughs> you know, since I have you two here, you have me here. One of my short stories is about how whenever, for years, my husband and I will be married 40 years this year. He's really happy, by the way. Just wanted to add that in there. Okay. <laughs> but for 
years, I would tell him something on my mind and he'd want to fix it for me. I said, I just need you to listen like a girlfriend. Said, well, what is that? And I said, just, just listen. Don't fix it. Don't yeah. give me any ideas. A hug. And then I'll bring it up because we already talked about this. Said, oh my gosh, we're rehashers. That's funny. <laughs> he's, he's coming along. He's coming along. He's getting it. But do you two experience that with your husbands by chance? I'm curious. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Yes. I complain and then he like won't respond. I'm like, why aren't you responding to my complaint? And he was like, well, because I know you don't want an answer. You just want like, and I was like, but, but I want you to reply. And then he'll be like, oh, well, you know, to fix it. I'm like, but I don't want a solution. I just want you to say, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, and mine would say, I don't know how to help you, Sarah. <laughs> And I'll be like, yeah, I don't want you to help me. I want some compassion. Be a damn girlfriend. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. So now I'll start something. Goes, wait, 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 wait. Do you want me to be me or a girlfriend? Said, oh, well, okay, a girlfriend. He goes, oh, okay, I think I got this. <laughs> that's great. Oh, my gosh. So that's one of my short stories. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure lots of women can relate to that and I, I'm sure all I, the guys listening to this podcast are like you know <laughs> we're never right <laughs> oh my gosh it doesn't oh matter what we say <laughs> sorry guys it, it really doesn't <laughs> kind of sort of no yeah oh dear. Um, you guys were asking me early on about my publishing the the route that I went that way yes mm-hmm. and now, did you self-publish or did you go through a publisher? Self-publish. Self-publish. I, I found that better, you know, because we could have, I could have my own voice. I didn't have someone to go in there to say, okay, this isn't going to sell. I don't like this. And I, w- I used the POD, Publish on Demand, Yeah. a company called Book Baby. Have you heard of them? Oh, okay. Yes, I've heard of them. They were really good, especially for me who is technologically challenged. I think it's a nice way of saying it. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a cafeteria choice. So you've got three choices, and I picked the highest one because they did everything for me, the layout of the book yeah. and such. I'm really happy with them. But I will tell you what they did for me is that my book was in queue to be printed. And it was, of course, during COVID, so everybody's book was in queue. And my mom was coming to the end of her life. And I called the gentleman who had been helping me. I said, is there any way you can just get me one copy of my book because my mom wants to hold it. So they did better than that. They put it to the front. They printed 15 copies. And I got those books by the end of the week. Wow. So that's I was so able, good. My mom was able to hold it. Now, the embarrassing part of this is, is that they said, you know, we're glad, glad to help you. So glad. And they took pictures of her. And they, about a month later, my mom's still alive. And I go, mom, <laughs> <laughs> and I took advantage of you. So we got to work something. <laughs> but I was able to read her my book. I did skip some parts though. I didn't want her thinking she could needed to take care of things, go back and take care of things. Yeah. I wanted her to rest in peace, yeah. you know? So, but I got to hear for the first time really how she was proud of me. So it was, it was a real gift for me. Yeah. That is really lovely. And you know, like yeah. I wouldn't call it taking advantage. I know it feels strange, but you know, like you needed that time and having that sorted ahead of, time and for her to be able to hold it is a really special gift yeah it really really was I think that's where like I heard of them through like this podcast knows that I listened to Joanna Penn's 
podcast the creative pen a lot and I heard an interview with book baby and her and they do sound like a really genuine great option for people who want like that full package and don't want a lot of the work and like the steps that you have to go through otherwise so I think like if Mm -hmm. you are challenged technologically or if you just don't have the time maybe and you don't want to put the effort into like trying to sort of get everything sorted and get everything in line because it does take a lot of time that they are a really good option they truly truly are and for the cover you don't talk to anybody you're always just going back and forth on email because otherwise they'd never get any work done people calling all the time (laughs) yeah but I told them the colors I want I gave them an idea of what I wanted they said well give us a couple books in comparison so I did and and I got the cover that I wanted and they've been great always answered uh, when I went to their helpline and because through them, my book is through Ingram, which is uh, the warehouse, you know, the discount warehouse for independent bookstores, Mm -hmm. also gardeners in Europe. And uh, the ebook, the book, in fact, I'm this September, my husband and I are going to Wales, Scotland, and Spain, specific Barcelona, and I've met writers from these three locations. And I'm taking books, and uh, hopefully they can just just uh, zoom on my my ISBN, and then the book is there. So I've done that at other bookstores too. They don't need the book; they just need the ISBN. So that's you know just the way of getting it out there. But yeah. I also use bookmarks. Do you guys have bookmarks? We do. Yeah, we have some bookmarks that we we haven't really um sort of done anything with them so far but we plan to eventually go to book fairs and give away bookmarks with a um sort of link to our site and things like that to sign up to the mail list kind of stuff so here's one side of my bookmark (laughs) cute right yeah so it's hashtag this book is a trip for any listeners here's the other side Ah, yeah, yep, and the um, QR code QR code on the back with the cover of the book as well, yeah. And then here is, on this side, with the art, I also have my website. Yeah, yeah, so ours is very similar to that. Yeah. Um, we focused ours on around characters, so we have characters with their quote and then the back of it has a QR code to sign up and uh, the website as well. So it's it's very similar in terms of design, I think. But yeah, it's a good way of getting your book out there, especially for someone who's maybe not quite at the point where they want to like dive in and buy the book, but or maybe they have they're like super fans and they like want the the bookmark as well, or and to keep up with any new things coming out as well. Right. You can use bookmarks so many different promotional ways. I think. Yeah. What about you, Ashley? Do you do you make use of them too, or what? How do you the bookmarks? Uh huh. I've I think I'm probably the one who's actually given out quite a few of our bookmarks to, um, on this end, and I'm in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've had quite a few people who've really enjoyed the book here. A lot of friends I've had. Uh, it's been taken to a few. Um, oh my gosh, I keep wanting to say writing group, <laughs> book review groups, and things. So we've sent them. <laughs> bookmarks from here uh-huh. um, which I think has been been really great and I also agree that it's a really 
good way just to have it out there and it's a it's not too expensive either to get bookmarks printed you know some of the costs associated with marketing can be quite high but I feel like bookmarks are a reasonable option Mm -hmm. so I think it's great I really love your hashtag by the way that's a really good idea oh thank you thank you my I don't know if you guys have seen my website, but I've got a golden retriever, Sullivan James, and he's this big fluffy boy. And I have a golden retriever too. Oh, do you? Yes. What's the name? His name is Riley. Ah, cute. So we we're close to the beach here and we take a walk there quite often and I carry bookmarks with me. And so if anybody starts petting Sully, we chat, we talk, and then before the end of the conversation, I said, do you enjoy reading? And if they say no, I just, okay. <laughs> and if they say yes, I go, well, you know, if you enjoy reading, uh, I'm a local author if you're interested, and I give them a bookmark. And I've been guest at, I'm going on my fourth book club now in this area because of a bookmark. It's a really good idea. I should keep some of my bookmarks and I've got a little front packy thing I walk yeah. the dog with. I should definitely put a little stash You definitely in. do. I have met people that I would have never met without Sully. When we were in Yosemite this past summer and we met people from Germany, Japan, I mean, over the world. And I gave them bookmarks. One woman, I was modeling for another woman exercise class. And one says, well, I've got a lot of books. I'm not going to be able to get to read it. I said, you don't have to just take this and put it in a drawer because nobody has to read my book right now. You know, read Mm -hmm. it whenever you want to read it. And if you're interested, but I'd never say, oh, I don't like to read. Well, you'd like this book. I'd never say that because I think I really, and my motto is people first, book second. Mm -hmm. I'm not out there to sell my book first. I want people to get to know me and have that relationship And I've met a lot of great people just through the conversation of a bookmark. So I highly (laughs) recommend carrying it around with you. I hadn't thought of that. So I'm going to start doing that now. The dogs really help break the ice, let me tell you. Hey, you've pet my dog. Now I'm going to give you a bookmark. (laughs) (laughs) But I met one woman. I've met a couple women. One woman was from Chicago. She was on the bench by the beach reading. And I just popped over. I said, here's a bookmark for you. And I walked away. She reached me through email and she goes, oh my gosh, thank you. I needed a bookmark. I've got your book. I'm reading it. So, you know, just not putting it in people's face, but looks like you need a bookmark. Boop, I'm gone. You know, so. I love that so much. That should be one of your short stories. Yeah. And a woman in my exercise class has a book and she goes, Liz, could you teach me to be an extrovert? Uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) But it's, it's got to be very hard for those who are introverted, you know, to try mm-hmm. to market your book. So, you know, I'm not really retired. This is my fourth career. My book is my boss. And <laughs> as you guys know, you put well, so exactly, much time yeah. and money into it. You can't just let it linger there. Yeah. Writing is a career and it's one that, you know, a lot of people don't recognize or it's like, oh, I stopped work. So I started writing. Well, you've just changed career paths. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. And my, my younger sister, Reese, said, let's go to a movie. I said, my boss won't let me. She goes, who's your boss? He said, my book. I've, I've got a book club today. I'm <laughs> Too busy. much to do. <laughs> yeah. Understand that. 
I was going to say, we've talked a little bit about marketing and we've talked a little bit about your book, Three Sisters, Three Weeks, Three Countries. Still talking. Lovely title. Um, I was wondering if you had like a little blurb or something you'd like to share to tell us a little bit more about it if people are interested. Okay. So our younger sister, Ree, was a traveler all the time. She's traveled Europe many times. And every year she'd come back and she would ask myself, her two sisters, let's go on a trip. Let's take a sister trip, sister trip. And finally in 2018, it just lined up. So yes, let's go. So we chose Ireland, England, and Scotland, three places where we had never been. We wanted on a level playing field. And Mm -hmm. it came to be that we each picked a country that we were in charge of arrangements, housing, and everything. That That worked well, kind of, sort of, not really. (laughs) (laughs) It worked great in Ireland. England not, and Scotland yes. <laughs> and Rhea and I look back on that, that we should have never left that to less. But it made a story. I have one friend says, I would have left, I would have gotten a plane, but you're not a Moore sister. So <laughs> the the background on us a little bit, and you'll learn in the book, is that we grew up camping. And on this trip, we took a metaphorical tent that if we ever were starting to fall apart, we would have this metaphorical tent, you know, held together with laughter and humor. And we, we came through this without killing one another. I promised mom, I'm a woman of my word, but we, we laugh at things where other people would not, you know, be frustrated and angry and mad. We are stomper offers, as I know. So a couple of times that happened, but we always came back to us and it goes through this trip. We share the environment, the setting, the people, the countryside, but also us in these environments. And every once in a while, when things go a little haywire, I pull back the curtain and explain, this is why my two sisters are behaving poorly. (laughs) (laughs) So I make it humorous because we, our family, we laugh a lot. It's a happy family. And and I carry through this three-week arc of time with some in the past. And then what's so lovely, the three of us are even closer because of the book. And something we never would have had if we had never taken that trip. Even that yelling argument on the street corner in England with Les, it all, it all brought out something that would have never, never come to fruition. And as we've aged, we've become close, but this book changed everything because we learned about each other on the trip. And then the book, we learned even more. So it's it's one of, you don't have to be a sister to enjoy the book. It's one of, of friendship, of support, of laughter, of caring, of, well, you know, eat, pray, love, right? Yes. We are eat, laugh, lost. I think that's <laughs> And I just finished recording the audiobook. Oh, oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. So I did the whole narrating and somebody asked me, did you do different voices? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's very it's very challenging to narrate a book mm-hmm. and then uh, expensive, but it was very much worth it and I enjoyed it. So that comes out. It's out on Apple and Spotify, and hopefully it comes out on Amazon this week. It's been very difficult getting out on Amazon. So, yeah. Anyway, are you ladies looking at narrating your book? Well, ours is 
challenging just because that it has different viewpoints. So I feel like I know other books that do have different viewpoints still only have one narrator. For ours, I I would envision more of like a um, dramatized kind of telling with different narrators. Mm. And obviously, you know, that would be very expensive with, yeah. we've got like six different characters, voices in mm-hmm. the first book. So, um, yes. you know, like, and also is because that it's set in New Zealand, I feel like I'd want New Zealand narrators. And so that would also be quite hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> so we've and kind of discussed it, but we haven't quite yeah. gotten there yet. Not quite sure. Talent is very, very expensive. Fortunately, there's a gentleman here in town who has a studio. And do you know that group, a rap group, Public Enemy? You no. guys heard that rap group? Okay, Public Enemy. So. Okay, anyway, a lot of people have gone there to record. And so he really helped me a lot. But talent to read can cost anywhere from ten to $20,000. Mm-hmm. Because you're going back in the studio, you have to repeat and everything. So I, I couldn't afford that. But I will tell you, by the time I finished, I remember the last time I went into a studio, I threw my book at him. I said, I don't want to hear my voice ever, <laughs> ever again. <laughs> I think that's where we have a bit of benefit, you know, doing the podcasting is that we know how to, well, A, our speech has improved a lot number two is that our editing skills like we'd be able to edit as well and you know trim the false starts and (laughs) um you know where you trip over a word or something like that out of it and then like just make sure that it was really professional but um Mm -hmm. I think it's still a challenge even so and that you're still your voice gets tired as well you know, reading such a long period. It does, Sarah. I could only do three hours tops. But I don't know about you two, but the first time I heard my voice in headphones, it's like, I didn't know I made those noises. <laughs> you know, these little ticks, and I go, what? Yeah, so it was, wow. Especially when you take away any any buzz from, like, computers and stuff. If you've got a better quality mic, you suddenly hear all the... Everything. Like, the syllabants, and you hear, like, the... Um, <laughs> I know I went back. I didn't know I made those noises with my tongue or you know those pauses and yeah. such. So yeah. But it was it was worth it and I'm I'm glad I did that. And I had been talking to a group of ladies and they said, Well, we just like to listen to audiobooks and I kept hearing, is this an audiobook? So it worked out it worked out well for me being the only the only narrator, having a studio close by and everything. I am so glad I did this. And it's not about any royalties or anything. It's the pleasure of meeting Sarah and Ashley, people I would have <laughs> never met. I mean, how exciting is that? I know, I have right? a girlfriend now in Scotland who has written a book. And I told her to reach out to you, by the way, Nick Winter. Oh, and cool. we talk every day now. We connected by book. She writes this great mystery and uh, another woman in Spain who I've become friends with, uh, two women in England. It's like this book has brought me the gift of a friendship that I felt when I retired, my world was kind of closing in on me. And now it's just broad. Mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm richer for it and I'm just happier. It's really 
amazing how welcoming and nice the author community is like I feel like everyone's so willing to connect and talk and I think we found similar especially through this podcast that it's just so great being able to connect with other authors all over the world and hear their stories and I guess I just make new author friends everywhere it's been really great as well so I totally share that sentiment. Well you know what I like too Ashley is that this year I'm going to be right now I'm the old age of youth this year I'm going to be the youth of old age that's, <laughs> that's what might happen with this birthday. But I look at the connection with you two. I mean, you two are, are young women. You're vibrant. You're just, you know, coming to the zenith of, you know, your talent and what you're doing here. And to be able to share this, I mean, it, the age doesn't matter. It's a community of support, caring, and shoring up. And I, I love that age isn't a factor, but talent and caring and supporting. Yes. Exactly. Totally agree. You know, I think even when you say talent, I I think I'd almost say, oh, what's the word? Dedication more than Mm -hmm. talent even. Mm -hmm. That I I believe, you know, if people are dedicated to something that you're going to improve and that, you know, anyone can write a book, yes, but if you're like dedicated enough to go ahead and do it, Mm -hmm. you'll get there in the end, you know. Truly. And, you know, to, to book in to the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about book reviews. I reached out to uh, another author, a woman author, and she just, we just touched base. She goes, how are you doing? And I told her I was having a rough week. I was doubting myself. I took this review to heart. And she understood because she's an author, mm-hmm. you know, published author. To explain that to anybody else who hasn't written a book, because, oh, you know, you're fine, you'll get over it, you know, everything else. But it takes another author to understand how that just kind of pierces more under the skin <laughs> than that other. But to shore the other person up, she goes, Liz, I know I'm going to be reaching out to you for that sometime. I said, I'm here for you because I mm-hmm. can encourage others. Oh, I'm great at encouraging others. Me, <laughs> not so much. Yeah, I think it's something that we all need to work on is encouraging ourselves, right? That's the hardest part about it, I think. Truly is, truly is. And that's, you know, one of the the places where Ashley and I have been blessed being co-writers. Yeah. Yeah, we really value that side of it. Yeah, it is a real gift. My sisters are there for me, and I'll call them crying or happy, and I send them the reviews because I want them to know that this book is because because of the three of us. It's not just mm-hmm. me, it's the three of us. And I share it all with them and they they are my biggest cheerleaders and they're there for me and everything. Yet it's that a little extra when someone's an author. They they get that a little bit more. For sure. They love me no matter what. The reviewers, not so much. <laughs> so would you say that would be your biggest challenge that you've faced so far is just the reviews or is there any other things that kind of crop up when you think about challenges regarding the book? It's the imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. because as one person said, she got some, you know, negative reviews and a friend said, uh, uh, she was in a webinar. She said, that's just a data point. Look at every review, positive or negative as a data point and move on. And so that's what I did. It's a data point. It's my own self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, 
And who am I to even think I have an imposter? <laughs> Another imposter, <laughs> the imposter. So yes, just dealing with self-doubt. I did that as an educator. I think, oh my gosh, you know, what if I can't pull this off? And it's like, Liz, you can do this. So Liz, I can do this, and I'm going to go forward with this book. Short stories from a tall girl in the back row, right, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great title. I was going to say, Ashley, what was your thought on that? I don't want to like suddenly like sway everything, but that was my favorite personally. <laughs> Out of the two, I agree. I liked that title as well. Okay. Okay. That, that <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's anyone out there who are going like, no, I liked the other one. <laughs> that will be the subtitle. There we go. <laughs> brackets. Ashley and Sarah told me to go with this one. <laughs> brackets. I'm going to dedicate it to you guys. And if you don't like the title, go after Sarah and Ashley. <laughs> Blame them. <laughs> It'll be their fault. But I have recommended my friend Nick Winter to you and two other women are publishing. And I'm, I love promoting and supporting uh, mm-hmm. other women. It's important that we know how to do that. I agree. I agree. I want to make a point about this is that there was a group of older movie stars, actresses, and they were in a movie together and a man asked them, so how is it that you guys all get along? You know, are there any problems? And one woman said, do you ask the men that question? You know, what is it that, you know, we need to change that false narrative that women can't get along and that we, we don't support. We're not, you know, catfighting be you know or dragging somebody else down and this platform of instagram has really allowed me that joy of supporting and cheering on other women so i applaud you too thank you i think we should just about get to wrapping this up but is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered or any tips that you have for other writers I hope that you are, that the readers are curious about the Moore sisters and how we survived for three weeks with each other in small quarters, which we had never been for 40 years, (laughs) (laughs) and still survive, and that there is a joy of, a joyful experience. And if anybody's curious or interested, send me an email. I'm happy to support any upcoming writer or a writer. I, I love sending the elevator back down. So I think that's what we need to do. That's so a very nice, nice way. Put it. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say that. Oh, I, was, I really like that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, ladies. So really if people... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. What were you going to um, say? I was going to say, so if people do want to get in touch with you um, and reach out, how is the best way for them to do that? My email, uh, Elizabeth Moore, M-O-O-R-E underscore Kraus, K-R-A-U-S at yahoo.com. Excellent. And you were mentioning you have an author website as well. I do. And if you go to my Instagram, I'm author.kraus. And I have a link tree there and it goes to my website and I'm also on Facebook. I'm not anywhere else. Also under author Elizabeth Krause. It's under Elizabeth Krause. Elizabeth, yeah, Krause. They'll find me there too. So I'm only on those two platforms. I I think I'm juggling until I look behind me. So everything's on the ground behind me. So I had to (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's the same as us, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm really good. Not really. <laughs> Talented. Ladies, I've enjoyed this. Thanks for being patient with me. Kidding all the stuff. Oh, it's fine. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I think um, we've had a really interesting discussion. I really love talking to authors of memoirs because I feel like you get like this whole broad conversation about sort of everything in between as well as just the book. So thank Good. you for sharing it with us. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And uh, again, I'm honored that you included me into your program. So thank you. So there are still some spots left on our author spotlight section. So if you would like to uh, apply to that, you can go to lindersoncreations.com, hover your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu, and you'll find a drop down to be featured on Dear Writer. And next time on Dear Writer, it will be another one of our craft episodes. So watch this space for that episode. And if you'd like to know more about us and our writing projects, you can visit us on lindersoncreations.com or contact us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Linderson Creations. And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>